Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where being a bookworm is in our blood. I'm Tara. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Meredith. Hey, you guys. So how is everyone doing? Hey. Hello. <laughs> so it's been about a month. How? What's been going on with your lives? Well, for me, um, I actually got to go to Rome last month. Nice. Which was awesome. It was a great time. And right now I'm having a great time because I am looking straight at you, Tara. I know. It's so <laughs> exciting. We haven't uh, actually live podcasted together since Simon, right? Yeah, the sculptor. Since the sculptor. That was it. So it's always fun to do it in person. Yeah. Wish you were here, Jeanette. I know. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I am online and that's, you know, a step in the right direction. <laughs> and within like 30 minutes of me right now, because Truth. my life's awesome, because for the next three weeks, I'm going to be in D.C. So I'm going to get to spend a lot of bookish time with you lovely ladies. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff planned. We do. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually also got to do a fun bookish thing earlier this week. Um, I went to the Bells and Bruja tour which uh, was hosted by Danielle Clayton, the author of The Bells, and Zoraida Cordova, the author of Labyrinth Lost, and the new book, the new sequel, Bruja Born, which came out this week. Mm. So they're going around the country doing a tour, and then I guess in each city they have another like special guest uh, kind of moderator. So um, in Arlington, it was Sarah Nicole Lemon, who just had a new book, come out called Valley Girls. So it was just like a fun time at One More Page Books in Arlington. Uh, got my book signed. Very nice. A good time. Very nice. Isn't uh, Labyrinth Lost one of the OG book club books? Didn't we read that all together? Nope. No, it just nope, came out around the same time. Nope, it just came out a couple years ago. Oh, never mind. Yeah. For some it was out when we went to Book Riot Live. Yes, you're right. That's why I'm having mm-hmm. a sudden remembrance of it. What about you, Jeanette? What's going on with you? Um, I will be way better by the time listeners actually get to hear this, because this upcoming week is going to be the last week of school. School yes. will be ending on June 15th. Woohoo! I may just pass out and sleep for three weeks after that. We're not <laughs> totally sure understandable. Yet. but i'm super super excited to have a few days to myself after that so and you know some of the teachers and i we've got some plans and stuff for the summer so it'll be a nice way to uh give ourselves a mental break oh yeah a much needed mental break may i add teachers make the world go round thank you for all you do and yes take that time man take it oh yeah You don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) How are you doing, Tara? Well, other than just completing an 11-hour drive with two dogs and a very small car. (laughs) I mean, it's not even that small of a car. It just feels it's small when you've got a 110-pound yellow lab in there with you. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Other than that, uh, great. Great. I've been doing... doing really well. Everything's going well at work. Everything's going well at home. Excited to be here. Very excited about what we're doing on Is It Tuesday? Um, The Shakespeare Theater Company, uh, which is a, obviously, a theater company here in D.C., they have a book club, and they're reviewing one of our old book club books, The Mists of Avalon. 
which is one of my favorite books and one of my favorite books to reread, mm. actually. So uh, they're doing a book club discussion on it, and I'm really excited uh, that we're going. So, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, it's just something that they started this year, but they're trying to kind of pair books that are similar to whatever the play or musical is uh, at that time. So right now they're showing Camelot, mm-hmm. which is why, because uh, if you don't know, Miss of Avalon is like a King Arthur. King Arthur story with a feminist twist. Read it. Just read it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're doing that, and then we're going to see Camelot the next day. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy. Busy week. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, though. I'm super, super excited to see Camelot. And that will also be a night off. Man. Yeah. It's going to be a good week, man. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a great one. <laughs> All right. So I have to ask, what are we reading right now? You want to go first, Tara? No, please, not me. Anyone <laughs> okay. else? Okay. You want to go first, Meredith? Anyone else as in <laughs> Meredith? Uh, So I am almost done with Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Um, And have you guys ever just started a book at a really bad time? Like it was just not a good time to start a book. Um, And I think that's been my problem with this book because I started it a really long time ago. I think I started it in April. Um but I was so excited to get it at Nova Teen Fest, and I wanted to start it as soon as I could. So the first chance I got in April, I started it, not thinking about the two trips I had it planned. And this book is like a brick, and it's also Ugh. beautiful, and it's a first edition signed and personalized. So I'm like, I'm not traveling with it. So it's I've just been reading bits and pieces of it, and so I like I'm enjoying it, but it's just taking me entirely too long to get through it. So... I have a feeling I'll probably have to do a reread before the second book comes out next Mm -hmm. year. Um, So I'm almost done with that. Um, I'm also actually doing rereads of An Ember in the Ashes and A Torch Against the Night by Saba Tahir because the third book, A Reaper at the Gates, comes out later this month, and I'm really excited. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like I just... I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm so excited. And she's coming to the area, too. Oh, wait. Those are the two books I promised I would read before I went to that event with you. Yeah. So I've got to get on that. Yeah, you got like two weeks. So, hey, those two are now on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, because... I just sped read through them because I just needed to know what was going to happen. And But now, like two years later, I'm like, what did happen? Uh, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing my reread through uh, audiobooks this time for that. So that's been good. And I've got two more books for my Mad Lib challenge. So I think I can get it done. I think I can. Um, I'm going to read The Poet X by Elizabeth uh, As- Acevedo, I think. Um, and that one should be interesting. Huh? <laughs> yep, Acevedo. You're good. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it sounded better when you said it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm hoping to start that in the next few days. It's actually written in verse, which should be pretty interesting. And uh, so I'm using that for like the person's name because I thought that would be like an interesting name. And then I'm using A Murder is Announced, which is a Miss Marple mystery by Agatha Christie. Um, I'm using that for, I guess, the verb, right? Because I guess murder would be a verb. (laughs) Murder is definitely a verb. Yeah. So those are the last two I need for my challenge. So that I need to get on (laughs) because it'll be here before we know it. (laughs) 
Uh, so, Jeanette, what are you reading? Okay. Well, it's funny that you talk about starting books at the wrong time because this entire past month has basically been the wrong time to start a book Aww. for me. Yeah. I read like maybe three books in all of May. It's, it was shocking, I tell you. That, that's a lot for most people, but actually a very small amount for Jeanette's. So <laughs> if, you all, if, if you're a listener, regular listener to the podcast, you understand that. Yes. Yes. And you feel my pain. Um, so I slowed down and tried to focus just on getting through a discovery of witches, which we're going to talk about today. Um, because I was reading, uh, some other books and just nothing was hitting me like mm -hmm. nothing. And I finally made an adult decision to DNF a book of essays that I was reading the other day. <gasps> I know, I know guys, I, I I'm growing as a reader, but good for you, Jeanette. You never do yeah. that. I'm so proud. I know. Um, well, it's shocked. And there's proud. nothing wrong with the book. It's just I'm not making it through it. And, you know, the essays are uh, mostly on topics that I'm not into. And it's funny because one of the topics that I'm least into actually was the most interesting essay that I've read. But I've read three and a half essays in the seven essay book so far. And the one that I should have been most interested in dragged. Hmm. So that's. That's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. And then, of course, the next one, I was like, this isn't going to be fun. And I was was really interested, which is why I started the fourth essay. But it's dragging. And I'm not particularly interested in the topic. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give my per myself permission to replace that book. So I am replacing it with Wallflower at the Orgy by Nora Ephron. I've read Nora Ephron before, so I think this should be fun. And that title sounds like completely outlandish but when you read the introduction it explains it and it is so relatable especially <laughs> if you're like an introverted bookish person because it's basically about how she goes places and she's always like on the outskirts because she's been a journalist for so long ah and she's a journalist yes that actually makes a ton of sense with the title Yes. So she's always um, sort of on the outskirts of like parties and events and things like when she goes. And she's just kind of a quiet person anyways. And her husband says something like she and her husband are having one of those discussions like, you know, wouldn't it be crazy or wouldn't it be fun to go to an orgy or something like that? And <laughs> she's like, why? She's like, people just walk past me now. If we were at an orgy, I'd just be like a wallflower at the orgy. I'd be like a naked body that people just walk past. And it's hilarious. She puts it way better than I just did. But it's really, really funny. And um, if you have, you know, read Nora Ephron's work before or have seen her films, I think you'll probably enjoy it because the topics so far – are also not of interest to me, but I'm enjoying the essays anyway. So, well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So, so I have some answers now. Oh. <laughs> I have answers. See, I bought you some time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, other than the two Meredith reminded me of, which I have to finish in the next two weeks, which sounds totally doable, given yeah. how Meredith sounds like 
they go. I think they're like maybe about 14 hours each. Like oh, they're that's not, not that's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Um so those two. I'm also working on Sky in the Deep by Adrian Young and uh Ruin and Rising. So oh, nice. those are yeah. Those are the two that I'm also working on. So Ruin and Rising is actually up on deck. It is I have not officially started it yet. But. Okay. So you're like just completely into YA fantasy right now. It's so easy. It is. It's easy to read while I'm at work or listen to when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. So it, it's if I just need to be listening to something while I'm doing paperwork, I need to be listening to something while I'm doing. Yeah, it it, it doesn't take as much mind share as fiction mm-hmm. does. That's fair. So, yeah. Summer YA 2018. Um, at least that's how it's there starting, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know... You do have some time to get these books read, Tara, because we have the Eclectic Readathon coming up. I know! (laughs) Thank God. Perfect timing. (laughs) You know, we try. So, yes, indeed, the Eclectic Readathon is coming up. It's this month. It starts on Friday, June 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then it runs for the next 24 hours after that. Um, if you have, didn't participate last year, just to give you a heads up, there will be reading challenges and it's like a scavenger hunt with challenges that you can look for in your books, like a character who has a birthday or something like that. Um, there yeah, will be check- a main character with both their parents. What? <laughs> we should put that one in since Tara's reading YA. Um, <laughs> But yes, we also put it post check-in questions every two hours so you can check in, share what you're reading, talk about the challenges that you've already completed, and maybe just share a little bit about your book life with us. Like, for example, if you would have brunch with a character from your book, which character would it be? Stuff like that. It's super, super fun. And if you're not convinced yet, (laughs) there's a chance to win prizes. Woohoo! We Woo. love prizes. We do. Not that we can win them, but no. we but like we, giving them. I all. love giving prizes. Giving prizes is fun, though. <laughs> um, and of course, if you're also participating in our Mad Libs reading challenge, you know that our Mad Libs reading challenge ends at the same time our readathon does. So your book titles will be due in our Google form by 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, June twenty third. So then Jeanette, we'll... sorry. So Jeanette, why don't you tell them what they've won? <laughs> oh, oh, I will. Um, <laughs> the prize this year, the prizes this year are. Wait for it, <gasps> books. No <laughs> way. Nah. I, I know. I know. I know. It was so shocking. Um, <laughs> the person with the most points earned in our scavenger. Hunt Challenge is going to receive their choice of three eclectic readers' picks, so you can choose from our lovely list of books. Um, if you are the person with the most hours read total in that 24 hours, you'll receive a choice of one eclectic readers' book. And the person who gets the lucky prize from our Mad Libs drawing will also receive one eclectic readers' pick. And you can read more information and rules at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash eclecticreadathon. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I mean, if we could give all of you books, we would give all of you books, but 
you know. Yeah, we're not making money on this. So. We're, we're, we're not sponsored. Uh, yeah. This is- <laughs> not this year anyway. You know, never discount the future. <laughs> um. So, yes, we can't read. We can't win the, the books, of course. But if we did, they would be rereads. So true. That is true. <laughs> so true. And which leads us into our next conversation because we're going to be talking about rereads today, guys. Yay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. <laughs> that sounded a little grumbly, Tara. I, you know, I, I, I think I'm, it's funny enough because I mentioned I enjoyed rereading a book earlier in this right. podcast, but in general, I'm not a huge fan of the reread. And well, I know see, that's not a popular opinion on this, with this group. Well, so what, why? Why aren't yeah, you? Yeah, let's talk a about that. I, I think because when I first read a book, I, enjoy the unraveling of the story so much and i enjoy the process Mm -hmm. that i emotionally go through during that that when i reread it it's it's never the same you Mm -hmm. know It, it it just never it never feels the same and some and there's a few books i do reread i reread i've now reread miss of avalon twice right um i have reread um biting the sun by tenneth lee Five times, probably. And, you know, I've reread the Harry Potter and Narnia series each mm-hmm. at least once. Probably a certain ones more. Um, and, and there's probably been others. Right. I've reread the Night Circus for book reasons, for book club reasons. Um, there have probably been others. But in general, I, yeah, in general, I just don't enjoy a book as much the second time on reread. It just never hits me the same way unless the only time that's not true is when I'm is when the book has a specific emotional connection to me and I'm and I'm going for that emotional connection that That nostalgia piece yeah Mm -hmm. where I'm like I know I'm gonna feel x way with this book because this book um took me through this when I was feeling x way and I'm going after that so it's more that than the book itself even Mm -hmm. I can definitely see that yeah um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of books I wouldn't reread, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think in general, I have a more positive feeling towards rereads than you do, but I also don't reread as much as I would like. Because I'm sorry, there is definitely, at least for me, reader's guilt when I spend time rereading a book, <laughs> when I have like how many books sitting on my shelf that I have not read yet. And, you know, or I I need to talk about something new on the podcast or I need to, you know, like whatever. Or like for um the um the book bingo reading challenge we do with our friends, we can't right. do rereads. Oh, right. I know. So, you know, then, oh, well, I have to read a new book for this challenge or whatever. Um, so I don't get to do it as much. But surprisingly this year, I think also because there's all these series I'm in the middle of that I don't remember what happened, I'm starting to do more rereads. Um, so like I said, I'm doing um, – I finished A Number in the Ashes. I'm like maybe halfway through A Torch Against the Night. So that's been a really uh, good experience. I will probably reread Vicious before Vengeful comes out mm-hmm, this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what more of my rereads have been recently is I don't remember what happened. And I'm not going to enjoy the next book as much if I don't right. reread. And I understand that. Like I've thought very heavily of rereading – Ender's Game, mm-hmm. but I'm 
desperately concerned I will be super disappointed mm. in rereading that because I loved it the first time and it has been ages and I feel like it can't hold up. Yeah, I mean, I only read it a few years ago for the first time and I really enjoyed it, but you know the twist going into it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I would I would never reread Gone Girl, you well, know, right, like, stuff right. like that. Um <laughs> I don't know. Um, what about you, Jeanette? How do you feel about rereads? See, generally speaking, I enjoy rereads. I think that I also kind of associate books with like places and times a lot. So sometimes I enjoy the reread for that. But in the case of something like Ender's Game or Gone Girl, which I really enjoyed, I would think I could reread knowing the twist because I think I'd like to kind of just savor kind of that feeling of knowing the twist and kind of trying to pick up the clues the first uh, um the next time around but I haven't mm-hmm. tried that with those particular books but that's something that I've found in books with a twist before is that no going in knowing the twist you you aren't so hopped up on like the suspense and the anticipation of what's going to happen or, you know, where's this going? And you can find clues. And that I think is fun the next time you go through a reread. But I mean, I also agree. There's a lot of guilt when you're like, man, I've still got, you know, eight books left for book bingo and I'm rereading or I should really be reading that brand new book that I just bought or the new book club pick. And especially when you're in multiple book clubs and there's multiple book club picks and you're like, well, I'm going to reread Discworld for the third time. Like, <laughs> that was my experience a couple of months ago. I was like, oh, I want to reread that. But I think there's a lot to be said about um, revisiting those places and those times you know? Yeah, mentally. I think exactly. I think sometimes you almost just need to give your brain a break and just let it read something that it enjoys or, you know, especially, yeah, when you're in multiple book clubs and suddenly, like, you don't always get to even choose what you're reading. Yeah. Right. Um, which can be good and bad, right? It can, can help. Be. It can help broaden your horizons of what you might not have picked yourself. But then suddenly you just feel like I'm never even getting through what I want to read. Um so, yeah, I don't know. Um, another book, I think, I don't know if I'll do it annually or maybe every couple of years, but I did reread The Night Circus a couple, like, Octobers ago via audiobook. Yeah. And it was really, it was still magical. I mean, The Night yeah. Circus is a beautiful book. Yeah. yeah. That's and so and it's not that I, I can't see the benefit of going back to reading beautiful things, mm-hmm. you know, um, or weird things or things that re- I, I, I consider, like, you know, grade A books. But I just I can't ever seem to motivate myself to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's one of my questions is, are there times or reasons like there are times when you reread? Are there reasons why you go back and reread? Like if, if you're not motivated to do it on a normal basis, what is it that sends you back to rereading? Well, I know why I reread Biting the Sun. Um, so Biting the Sun, the protagonist of that is in a utopian society, <clears throat> which is not really a utopian society. It's a utopia, it's a dystopia hiding as a utopia. So it's, 
It's interesting. Um, and I reread that book when I'm feeling... I reread that book, I think, when I'm feeling a little bit disconnected with our world and... Um, and sort of the political, like the political things and just feeling helplessness about how the things that happen in our world. We all feel helpless sometimes about um, issues that happen. And I really find her journey through that process amazing and beautiful and her specific type of um, rev revolt to be very interesting. So I, I don't know. I usually reread that book when I'm feeling a little, like, I feel like I need a pick-me-up to mm -hmm. remind myself there's always something that you can do. Um, also, it's just a beautiful book. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an anchor for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That one's a bit of an anchor. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, where, where you know you need something specific in your life right now. Yeah. Or, you know, and, hey, I've read it before. I know I can get that feeling or I, I can get uh, right. whatnot from a reread. Or, yeah, like for comfort or yeah. things like that. Um, for me right now, as I've been saying, my rereads are f focused on series that I'm continuing. Um, but I am reading them in different formats. You know, I, I read them as ebooks or physical books the first time around, and now I'm doing audio. But isn't that what Wikipedia and Goodreads is for? Like for you to pick, <laughs> like like just go back, review a book, um, remind yourself what happened, the highlights of what happened in that book, and then just continue on with the series. Yeah, you, well, sure. If if you want to cut corners and do that, I've already read the book once. I'm not cutting any corners, Meredith. Yeah, I mean, there's been times I I don't always find books on Wikipedia though, and sometimes the Goodreads doesn't have a very good summary. Yeah. So. Um, and there's always going to be details that you forgot that are important and come back. Um, but there have been times where maybe it's, you know, it's it's only been maybe six months or a year since in between when I read a book and the next mm -hmm. one comes out where I might just read the last couple of chapters, mm. you know, where I won't read the whole book. Remind yourself what the twist was at right. the end. Yeah, exactly. So I'll do that sometimes when I'm short on time or... Like, I knew I would get bored. Like, I read it too recently to read the whole thing again, mm -hmm. but it's still not fresh enough in my mind to remember everything at the end. So I kind of like that, though. I kind of like picking up a sequel and starting it and then being like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are they going to deal with this? Like, I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, but that also probably goes into Tara doesn't read the back of books either. Mm -hmm. So I'm always surprised by what's inside a book. Yeah. Well, and I also, if I can, I prefer to binge read a series. So when mm. I'm reading it as it's coming out, it's just not the same as when I can just gobble them all up at once. I haven't gotten the opportunity to do that in so long. So which, long. We, which way? We've been out binging. Oh, yeah. We've been so on top of it lately. Haven't gotten the opportunity to do that since, I think, Hunger Games. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was a good binge, though. That was a yes, great binge. It was. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I I agree though. I prefer to to binge read, but like I don't always go back and reread books when I'm going through a series, which is frustrating. And I think I should do that more. I should reread books more because I have the opposite feeling from Tara where when a detail comes up that I don't remember, I'm like, 
I should have remembered that. Man, I should have reread the previous book. <laughs> but then at the same time, we read so many series. We, we do. Can't, like, you true. can't possibly go back and reread everything because then you would, you would literally never read any other books. Which know? is true. But I, I sometimes, because I can't do audiobooks really well uh, for new books, but if I have to reread something, sometimes I'll do audiobooks. So I found that interesting that you were saying that you were you did some audiobooks because I ha- sometimes change formats when I reread. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think for me, I'm getting a lot more into audiobooks in the past year. I had to start where I was only doing things like memoirs or straight nonfiction because I just couldn't concentrate. Yeah, but I'm finding if I'm yeah. doing rereads of fiction. I pretty much already know what's happening. So if I kind of zone out a little bit or if I'm doing other things, it's not as big of a deal as if I was doing a brand new fiction book on audio. Exactly. So for, so for me, part of the interest of the reread is experiencing those same feelings I had. I do not have the same feelings with books on rereads when I change the medium. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I don't. I, I Because narration and the person's voice really impacts the way... I take in a book. That is true. So it versus the voices in my head versus the narration. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I love audiobooks. I love paper books. I'm a multimedia reader. But when I go back to reread, I go back to the original that mm. I, I did it with. See, I guess maybe for me it's a way to keep it new and keep it fresh with it still being a book that. I've read. Um because, yeah, like, oh, my gosh, listening to Jim Dale narrate the Night Circus was, oh, like, did a beautiful in, job. in and of itself its own magic. See, I literally have that on – and I've had it for about a year and a half mm-hmm. on my Audible app, and I have not listened to it. And everyone says the same thing about Ready Player One. I've read mm-hmm. Ready Player One twice because mm-hmm. I had a, I read it once, and then we did it for book club, and so I read it again. And I read it via ebook both times. Mm-hmm. I even though everyone says Will Whedon doing the audiobook is amazing, mm-hmm. I, and it is again also on my Audible app. I paid for it. Um, <laughs> I have not gone back to listen to it. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Now I do have to say, Ready Player One is one time where I I did do my reread as an audiobook the second time around. I noticed. I think because it was being read out loud to me, I noticed that the writing wasn't as good as I remembered it to be. I agree. The, I had that you know same what I mean? experience. The, yeah. the story was still very riveting, but the actual writing <laughs> was... Yeah. <laughs> it, comes out, it comes out more in the audiobook. The yeah. first time you read a book, if the story is compelling, it can cover up a lot of sloppy oh, mistakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Da Vinci Code, I'm looking at you, brother. <laughs> Throwing some shade. Uh, so but, it was interesting. But, like, yeah. I did like his narration, but I was just, as we were listening to it, I was like, huh, that was kind of an awkwardly worded sentence. Or I would have, you know, worded it differently. Or, you know, like, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Or it, 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 there's places where it's a little, like, repetitive. Yeah. Yes. And it was just yes. like, oh, I, I wouldn't have noticed that in print as much as I just did. I, I admit that. That rereads... Mm-hmm. In different formats, are uh, they bring out some of the f- flaws sometimes that you didn't notice the first go round, and then sometimes you catch all the repetitions in all the books, regardless of whether it's audio or a reread or a 
True. Just throwing some shade at this current book. So I was about to say, are, are, are you referring to our main read? I might be. <laughs> I don't know. Have you had snowflakes glance your skin today? About 20 million <laughs> times. Oh, boy. <laughs> so what, what do you say, Jeanette? Should we, should we go on to this main read? Uh, yeah, we can hop on over. All right. So this month we read A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. And here's a quick summary from Goodreads. In this tale of passion and obsession, Diana Bishop, a young scholar and a descendant of witches, discovers a long-lost and enchanted alchemical? Alchemical, Alchemical, yeah. I guess that's how you would say it. Alchemical (laughs) manuscript, Ashmole 782, deep in Oxford's Bodleian Library. Its reappearance summons a fantastical underworld, which she navigates with her leading man, vampire (laughs) geneticist Matthew Claremont. Who writes these summaries? I don't know. Can we? That's why I usually have to write my own because phrasing like that, man. (laughs) I mean. This is why I don't read the back of books. <laughs> that. That's, that's why. Right. Her leading man. Her oh, man. leading man. Okay. So, after that lovely summary, uh, <laughs> what's one thing that stood out to you in this book? Okay. So, I probably, again, case of wrong book at wrong time. Uh, I probably should have read this, like, the first time I heard of it, which was back when it like way back when it first came out um because it's okay this book is not trying to do too many things at once but it's trying to do a lot of things and it's for at least the first quarter to half of the book it just stops one thing to do another thing and you know i think that if i had read this when it first came out and i was you know still in grad school and all of that I think it wouldn't have it wouldn't have hit me so hard that I'm like, wait, everything just stopped moving so you could have a romance for like twenty pages. Okay, now the romance has stopped so you can have a fantasy for twenty pages. It real and that that sort of really bugged me until everything started started coming together in the second half of the book. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I like don't know. first half best. <laughs> oh no, the I first like half the annoyed first, me. I felt like the first <laughs> half moved faster for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I well, I don't even know what I would consider the first <clears> half <throat> is such a long book. I feel like it's in thirds. I feel yeah. like there's yeah, third, three uh, maybe acts. third, the yeah. first third. Yeah, Oxford is Act One, which mm-hmm. is my favorite act. Then Act Two would be Leon's, yeah, uh, wherever they are in in France, and then France. Act Three would be. Madison, mm-hmm. I never yeah, get that Madison, right. Yeah, I keep wanting to call it Salem mm-hmm. uh, because witches. Um, uh, what stood out to me in this? Book? I like the DNA stuff. Mm-hmm. I liked the science. I think the author did a really good job with uh, just in general studies, like um, in how research works. Um, really thinking about the science behind things. Uh, I thought I thought she did a really good job with making all of that very believable. Um, I don't like our main character. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I think it's hard to. F- 
I don't know. I think my biggest problem is I don't know who the good guys are. Like, our main character is a witch, but witches are clearly the worst. And I don't... <laughs> <laughs> well, certain witches are. Like, she seems all right. Her her ants are pretty cool. Her ants are cool. She seems fine. But, like, witches literally... Spoiler alerts. Witches literally murder her parents and side with Nazis. So... What? <laughs> like, how am I supposed well, to that's... think that's better? Meanwhile, like, vampires run revolutions and stuff? Like, how am I... How am I supposed to feel like witches are the who you should be going to? Of course I well, think you should run away from them. And that was the thing that was – that's part of what bothers me about the trying to do too many things at once. Were witches really siding with Nazis or is that just how the vampires perceived them? Because vampires and witches don't get along. Well, they were doing spells for the Nazis to keep the Nazi stuff secret. That's what, right? That's how it, But re- is that true? Like, because that's always the feeling I got is that all information was unreliable if it mm-hmm. came from a different source. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, I. Is that true? I well, don't even know. Well, I mean, know. we know we know we know facts. we know the murder is true. Yeah, we know we know that and Nazis that's not killed cool. Philip, so. and we know that they could not spell away uh, or find a way to find him, and that the vampires therefore believe that witches are the cause of why they could not find them. Um, so it sounds like maybe there were good witches, but they never explicitly say that. Are yeah, you a oops. good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> yeah, I, and that's the thing is it's not it's not well explained in this particular story. Some of the like the fighting, who like which, whose which site is, was right at the time and whose site wasn't. Which is hard yeah. to believe because this book is so long. How? Yeah, where this do you not true. have time to do that? <laughs> so uh, the, the, well, okay, well. So the thing that stood out to me. <laughs> was she spent way too much time on all these mundane details and all this repetition of all of these things. And, oh, my gosh, like, how many cups of tea does this girl have to drink? Why doesn't she own any jeans? What? Yeah, like, oh, my gosh. Well, her her aunt drinks three pots of coffee a day. She's got to keep up somehow. I don't know, because I just felt like by the end, I was just like, if she drinks one more cup of tea, I'm going to lose it. Uh- <laughs> Seriously. I think that's fair. Um, and this is coming from tea drinkers, people. Right. Like, I am drinking tea right now. Yes. Me I too. love my tea, but I don't need to read someone like every couple of pages drinking a cup of tea. But seriously, look how that's the first time we mentioned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are drinking tea, and that was the first time we mentioned it. We did not need to mention it every third sentence. I, I will try to remember in about five minutes to mention uh, it again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like that, like just weird things. Like she kept telling us every day, like she was getting dressed. Like I felt like it was almost like I'm putting my my right leg through my pants. And you know, <laughs> it, it honestly felt like that was how, you know, we talked about this a lot. We talk about how genres are blurring a lot. Mm-hmm. And YAs are typically, you know, determined to be YAs because of the pace it moves. You know, it moves through those details fairly fast. So, but like, but also fiction's supposed to have, you know, some flowery language. Maybe you spend more time on that. If you're Tolkien, you describe the grass for three pages. You know, there's stuff you do to determine fiction versus YA. 
And I just feel like she felt like she had to put these mundane little things in in order to differentiate herself. Because otherwise, I'm going to be honest with you, doesn't feel too far from YA. Well, and that was one of my questions. Like, what genre is this? I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. Romance? Romance, I right. think. Is, is it romance? Is it like, is it paranormal romance? A subgenre? Paranormal investigation? I cons- mystery? I would have considered it fantasy before reading it, and now I would consider it like a paranormal romance. Because when you read the like plot or get a de- like an explanation of the plot, because I don't think I ever actually read the back of this book, I saw I knew somebody who was reading it, and they kind of described it to me. And it sounds like a fantasy, like just plain fantasy. A witch who you know tries to avoid using her powers comes across an enchanted book. And then yeah. ends up being stalked by vampires and witches. Like, oh, you know, a girl that, that's comes a across some plot. stones and gets traveled <laughs> back into time. That also kind of sounds like a fantasy, but it's not. Sorry, Outlander. Oh, I, <laughs> I have not read Outlander, and I'm kind of refusing to read it. So, but I think uh, Tara, you were saying that this kind of reminded you of Outlander. It does. It does. It's yeah. sort of like a girl gets stuck in a situation. That situation unfurls around her. Yeah, this book reminded me of, like, Outlander meets Twilight a lot. Um, You know, I feel like the Twilight, I'm going to give her some credit here. I feel like the Twilight thing is maybe, I I just, I don't think it's close. Other than there's vampires, I I just, and, like, the vampires don't get hurt by the sun and don't have the same. Yeah, I was going to say the way she uses the vampire legends the vampire legends that's and, and the I, way I, it makes it feels like twilight is because it's very much you know what we're going to have a romance with vampires but that's not practical unless you twist all the vampire the legends so we're going to twist all the vampire legends yeah i mean yeah. i i do not love diana i'm not a huge fan of her but i'll give her at least this she's more than just a girl who falls insanely crazily in love with a vampire she really is more than that Oh, no, I'm not She's maybe a little bit too much more than that. Yeah. But she is more than that. I mean, she's very stubborn. She's very, like... Okay. And I mean, and she's not a teenager either. And she's not a damsel in distress. Right. Yeah. Um, No. She's an interesting character. Um, But she's she's very frustrating in a lot of ways. She is frustrating, certainly. Um, She has a lot of power that... She doesn't know how to wield um, yeah. that she's only finding out about, which honestly is kind of YA ish. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, how did you feel about the characters? You know, like, we had Diana and Matthew as kind of the leads. Matthew, her leading man, apparently. Leading <laughs> man. Leading man. Um, and then um. uh, you had like some secondary characters, uh, Marcus and Miriam, right, was the other main vampire. Um, uh-huh. And then you had Sarah and M were her aunts, Hamish, Isabu, um, some of the bad witches, Jillian, Peter Knox. Like, how did you feel about these different characters? Well, like, Diana frustrated me so much. And it wasn't that she was, oh, a damsel in distress or anything like that. But people are giving her clear warnings that what she's doing is dangerous. And the thing about it, it's not... See, it's not like in YA where somebody comes up to a teenager and goes, hey, 
this thing is dangerous. And the teenager's like, well, I'm invincible because I'm a teenager and kind of keeps going. She knows there's danger because she can sense the danger in the book. She can sense the danger in the situations. And she's just like, no, I'm going to keep living my life. She's like, like because I don't yeah. want magic in it, even though she knows there's already magic in her life. Yeah, she was kind of like turtle, what, putting their head in the sand or whatever. Yeah. yeah, she is, but like unnecessarily so. And then later in the book, Matthew is aggravatingly controlling, mm-hmm. like completely, you know, running her life. And she's just like, okay. Like, she's way too bendable about that. And I'm like, you've known this guy for, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and I get that, you know, you're falling for him, but he is legit telling you where to go and where to live, and you're just going along with it. Well, she could go back to Madison, and she chooses not to, because for some reason, running back to her parents, her family is the worst ever. She'd rather Except go her to, family is so great, and I that's know, the thing is. She'd rather go to France with this guy with she's barely stranger. met. I mean, she makes that choice. It's yeah. not like he says, you're coming with me, knocks her out, and drags her to France. She actively makes the choice between staying at Oxford which is not reasonable at this point well, for yeah. obvious reasons. But um, she doesn't make the choice to, to not stay at Oxford. He tells her, you're not staying at Oxford. You can come with me or go back to New York. And she's like, well, I'm coming with you because I'm not going back to New York. Well, he makes fair, the choice the that right she doesn't call. stay in Oxford. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. I get that he's making that choice because she's being stalked by, you know, witches and vampires. And I get that it's the wiser choice. I'm just saying she never made that choice. And that ticked me off because when it comes to your safety, you should have a say. Yeah, I mean, there was just a there was a lot of that in this. Yeah, uh, there is. I mean, and, and he does warn her that vampires are nuts. He does. Well, and a lot. And, and so kind of bouncing around here, that was another question I had: is is Diane and Matthew's relationship an abusive one? No, not. No, it's I wouldn't call it abusive. His intent I don't think is to actually like control her. He doesn't want power. He's not trying to gain power over her. And she develops eventually into someone with equal say, an equal part in this relationship. He wants to keep her safe. And at the beginning of the book, it come when it before you get to know the character, it comes off as control freak. And I think the author is trying to make him seem strong and protective because she's, you know, trying to give this character who's going through a lot somebody strong to fall for. But it just comes off as a controlling dude telling me where to go kind of thing. And I'm like, stop. I mean, I get that. I get what you're saying. It, It definitely happens. It definitely reads that way. To the author's credit, though, she definitely has the character say, we are not good at relationships with warm bloods. I am going to be crazy. These are my issues, and it's an instinct problem, and I could literally kill you if you don't listen to me. This is your choice, though. You have a choice to do this with me or not do this with me, but if you do, I cannot control myself. These are things you have to be aware of. Right. I'm not, and that's why I'm saying it's not abusive. It's just frustrating. I get that. It's yeah. frustrating to read. Yes. Um, I mean, I can we go back to the characters? Real yeah. Fast, let's though? talk about like yeah. Um, yeah. 
I didn't get Deanna, anything to talk about the characters I did like because I liked them. Yeah, <laughs> we can do that too. Back. But Deanna being the every woman, like her eyes are literally every color, her hair is literally every color, but still somehow blonde. I'm sorry, author, that's not a thing. You can't have black hair in your hair and still be blonde. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, 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 it's like, and and she has every DNA marker plus some under the sun so she's literally this everything that anyone could be she's super smart Mm -hmm. she you know it's too much like you're trying to shoehorn me into she's i i just can't buy into it i can't i have major issues with that she doesn't seem like a person but 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 it's in her dna <laughs> Therefore, it's okay <laughs> if it's in yeah. the DNA. That makes it a okay. No, no, <laughs> no, <Okay>. no. <laughs> what are some of the characters you liked? Oh, I really liked. Um, I really liked Sarah and Isabeau. They're just just great characters. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were actually well rounded for as little as we get to see each of them, because each of them mm-hmm. only gets about a third of the book. Um, and I really liked M. I didn't care about anyone else. And that could partially be me, because I, like I said, wrong book at the wrong time. And there were definitely parts of this that I kind of had to read fast. And I admit, I ha- kind of had to skim Mm, and yeah. there were parts of this that I had to do on audiobook. And the audiobook for this is actually pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Yeah. Um, the the woman, hour drive. Yeah, the woman who narrates it is really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care about anybody else. And I know that's partially my fault because of the way in which I read it. But also, there's very few characters to care about. Yeah, like, I mean, most it really... Of them are, not it fully really developed centers, or they're bad guys. Yeah. 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 Y- you spend so much time with Diana and Matthew. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. I liked Sarah a lot. Um, I like fist pumped into the air when she was like, no, enough of this. You love me and I love you and she loves him. So whatever. We're dealing with this and we're bishop women and we stick together. And I like fist bumped into the- I-, I-, I was I just like, yes. a lot. I, like, I wanted just amazing. a whole book about Sarah and M, and it would have gone a lot like Practical Magic, probably. But oh my god, good. yes! <laughs> um, I, I really liked. Um, I liked Yisabel a lot. I liked Mott a lot. Mott? That's how they say it in the audiobook. Yeah, I think it's Mart. Marta. Mart. Oh, Mart. oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I forgot to write her Mart. name down. Yeah. Yes, she was cool. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like her a lot. Um, she's so sassy. I don't even know what she's saying most of the time, but I know it's sassy, <laughs> and I love it. Um, I really like Marcus. Mm-hmm. I thought Marcus was charming. Yeah. And, like, of all the vampires that we met, like, the most normal. And I was like, yay, Americans. Uh- <laughs> I liked him at first, and then as the book continues, I liked him less and less. Because mm-hmm. by the end of the book, he's just stomping around because he's mad at Matthew. Well, he's uh, being a little, uh, like... Well, Matthew's being a little cray-cray. So. I know Matthew's being cray-cray, but he's been cray-cray the whole book. Why are you stomping now? Because his daddy's <laughs> being stupid. I don't know. Like, yeah, now that we – but, like, when away. he's charming, it's when, like, he's coming in and out. Like, he's on the, like, page for, like, two sentences and then he leaves the room. <laughs> when he yeah. gets to be on the page every single page of the chapter, he's stompy and grumpy. Mm. 
it, it was very upsetting to me. <laughs> so you know what character I liked? Who? Which one? I liked the Bishop House. Oh, yes. yes! That yes. is like the best character. <laughs> yes, the, the house is the best. Yes. I want to live in that house. I, I want that house to adopt me. Can the house adopt me, please? It, it would probably make a new room for you. It would. It would. No one was coming. And, and it would, would make, make the room. room cozy for whoever's coming. So it would make your room cozy. It would make all so, of our rooms cozy. I really did like that part. Like, there, there are some really interesting things that she does in this. I really yeah. liked the house, how it, it could sense when people were coming. It would make a new room. And, like, it had to, like, get used to people, new people in the house. And it could hide your secrets for you and oh, spit them out that at was the right great. time. <laughs> so useful. It's a very smart house. It, it is. is, Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we're still drinking tea. Uh, <laughs> my, mine is cold now, which makes me sad. Mine's just a little you're, lukewarm, but it could yeah. be the snowflakes. Mm. You're a little late. It's been about 10 minutes, I think. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't want to be rude and interrupt your discussion. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I'm, I am sassy this you morning. You are sassy this morning. Let's be sassy. Uh, do you – so we, we, we learn as we go along – that Diana has a block on her magic that her parents put there when she was a child before they left for Africa and then had horrible deaths. Um, How do you feel about that? Do you think it was the right thing for them to do? Um, What do you think? I just feel like we don't know enough about the overall world to know if they were right or not. Like, this book seems to focus mostly on unraveling the mystery of Diana's magic and why it's so weird and why she can't use it. And, you know, by the end of the book, we find out she basically has all the magic and she can't use it because her parents blocked her and she needs to get away from the present time, right, to figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's basically all we get out of 581 pages, according to my Kindle. I don't feel like we – know, like, as Tara mentioned before – we don't know enough about the other characters and, like, who's, who's good and who's bad and when these people were good and when these people were bad. We don't know enough about the book itself because everybody has their own theory about what's in it. And we have found one of the three missing pages. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know enough yeah. yeah, there's so many question marks. And, and obviously there's – is it just a trilogy? There's two more books? Yeah, yeah. it's a trilogy. Um, and I think they're probably all just as big as this one. So there's it's a, called the All Souls Trilogy, which I think is a random – we must go back to Oxford. But like, I think it's such a yeah. random huh. yeah. name for the trilogy. Yeah, there must be a reason. Yeah. Um, but so I, what do you think? I, you know, it's the um, – it's the, oh, person who can see the future, who can probably see multiple future lines, is doing the best with what she's got. Um, right. You know, she knows X challenge is coming. She knows X death is happening. She probably thinks X is, a, Y is unavoidable. So she makes the best choice with what she, the information that she has. And she probably has more information than any of us. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those situations where you just sort of have to trust in this random power. And it's a little... It's a little lazy. I mean, I mean, it's, a lot it's of people do it. Right? A lot of people do. Marvel yeah. just did it. A lot of people do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's it, it. 
at this point, for me, I have no reason not to believe Dinah's mother didn't do exactly the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you kind of have to assume that because we don't know if she was right or wrong. We just kind of have to assume that it's the right, right thing to do. So, you know, I just kind of mm. took it as a given, like, oh, they did this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we'll kind of see, well, maybe we'll see if we continue reading <laughs> how how it all plays out. Because we find out from her DNA that she has, like Tara said, like every, every ability under the sun. And, like, that is not a common thing at all in modern day times. It's not even common, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, I mean, how did you feel about that? How, like, her DNA sequencing showed that she has, like, what, she could control all the elements and she could time walk and I think she could do a little bit of the, like, being a seer kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And, she does yeah, have visions. visions. She can commune with the dead. She can, she also, if she choose to, could learn potions and with the witchcraft stuff really well pretty much everything mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty much whatever she wants to do the world is her oyster she yeah. th- they've they've gene gray she they've gene gray phoenixed her into a corner <laughs> and i just don't know how they're gonna get out of it like because once she learns how to control it all like what could possibly stop her what could go wrong oh, everything <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why you keep reading right um but that, that's why they're going back to Elizabethan England. When I there's... swear. It's like she pulled mm-hmm. all the readers ever to like, what's everyone's favorite time period to think about? Oh, Tudor England? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we go do that? And I'm like, I do love Tudor England. <laughs> it made me really mad because I was so over this book and we got to the I end know. and I was like, damn it. That's, <laughs> going... that's exactly how I felt. I was like... Like, I see you what you're trying to do to me. The next, are you trying to pique my interest just enough by going to this time period that I really enjoy? I know it's like I want to. Oh, I want to read about witches and demons and vampires and Tudor England. Was Shakespeare a demon? By the way, can we just all admit demons are the best? Like she just should have always been hanging out with the demons. Mm. But um, they're just the most honest and chill. They're they were really interesting. That was another thing we. We're kind of running out of time, but how how she kind of explained the, you know, you had witches, vampires, and demons, and they're like different good and bad things and their mm-hmm. abilities, and I thought it was really interesting, and the demons were cool. It's just always yeah. a flip of the coin if it's going to be like a good genius you get or like the crazy or genius. Or the crazy genius, yeah. But they're not murdering people and, yeah. and hanging out with Nazis. So in my, that we on know my list of, of creatures, I mean, they, they rank high. <laughs> that we know of, again. I mean... True. We don't find out about any of them. And we only find out for things from biased perspectives. Oh, no. The last two demons at the end were, were cool. Actually, the only the only creatures that we get, from, like, that we get an explanation of them and their background from an unbiased perspective is vampires. Because you get to hear it from, like, everybody. Mm-hmm. Actually. And I did think it was cool. I mean, just just the history that goes behind it, like kind of how Diana was geeking out about how old Matthew was and how he lived through all these things. Like that was pretty cool. I I liked all. I liked her when she's geeky. (laughs) Yeah, like you got to hang out with this guy and that guy and see this. Wait, so you're really good friends with Lafayette? Can we just talk about Lafayette for ten seconds? (laughs) (laughs) So there definitely were some interesting parts, right? There were. There were. Um, 
But overall, then, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Did you like the book? Will you read the next one? Probably not. I, I mean, it was fine. I didn't dislike it. I just didn't love it. And I probably won't pick up the next one. It's The next one's 584 pages. Right. It's a big time commitment. It is a yeah. big time commitment. I asked Christina, mm-hmm. who in our real life, book club this is her pick Mm -hmm. um she's read them all now or she's on the third one Mm -hmm. and i was just like all right ma'am give me a reason to read this book and she said all right queen elizabeth is amazing and i was like crud you get to (laughs) you get to meet queen i love queen elizabeth i love any book i I mean no they can be bad books about this but But it's kind of a weak point for you you're you're more than likely going to pick it up if if queen elizabeth is in it i love that time period and i love lizzie and i there's about an did you just call queen elizabeth lizzie that was her nickname <laughs> there was, it's about a 60% chance <laughs> 60, okay all right so i'm busy i've got like four books in the way yeah. but well yeah you wouldn't i'm not saying that you're gonna read it now just if you will ever read so it. here's the thing about me mm-hmm. we talked about binging series if there is a sequel already out yeah i don't pretty much immediately go to it like it dies just, yeah it dies fair. on the vine because you're not gonna reread the first book i'm not <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I can I can understand that, especially with something this dense. You're like, there's no oh, way yeah. I'm going to reread that. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so I liked aspects of the book overall. I don't think I liked it, which I'm sure is like such a surprise, right? Oh yeah, no. I mean, I I totally didn't pick up on that. Were you no. saying this entire time you did not enjoy the book? Oh, by the way, my tea is cold now. Oh, that's sad. My tea is gone, so oh. I'm going to have to go make another cup of tea. Uh, okay, we'll see you in about five minutes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say I didn't really like it, and I don't know. I'm uh, Why is she going back to Shakespeare's time? I know. We meet Shakespeare. In. It's, that's, it's messed up is what it is. So I'm telling you, she took a poll. Yeah, seriously. Um, I am on the fence on if I will read the second one, but if I do... It ain't going to be anytime soon because I got so many more books I would much rather read and that I need to read ahead of it. So we shall see. Time will tell. But again, if I don't get to it soon, I probably won't. (laughs) So, uh, But I'm really excited for next month's pick. Oh, it's been on my TBR for a long time. Uh, So our, uh, gosh, July is our next month. Yeah, believe it or not. This year is just... Uh, So our July pick is A Man Called Uva by Frederick Backman. Can't wait. Curmudgety old man. I feel like I've been pretty curmudgety today. You have used a curmudgeony old man today. (laughs) Somebody to curmudgeon for me. (laughs) (laughs) So if you enjoyed what we did today and you want to find out more about the books we mentioned and any notes and uh, articles we've referenced, go check out our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 49, which makes next episode episode 50. (gasps) 50. I'm so excited. (laughs) <laughs> so guys why don't you tell everyone where they can find you uh you well, can find me at uh what instagram let's see twitter goodreads all under mare the book gal Jeanette. 
You can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. That's J-M-T Rivera. And on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. And you can find me at Goodreads Twitter or Litzy, all under the exact same name. Uh, my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And please, please, please don't for. Don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode um, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because then other bookish people like you find us. So thanks everyone for joining us for Discovery of Witches and let's shelve this until next month. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.